Welcome to Career Tools. This week, Resume Update 2017. The questions this cast answers are, what changes have happened in resume trends this year? How should I change my resume to be up to date in 2017? And what changes in recruitment have happened this year? If you're a manager, you need Roadmap. All licensees of manager tools have access to Roadmap, an app on your phone that guides you through every step of the Trinity rollout process, no more annoying emails, and allows you to monitor and measure your implementation of one-on-ones and feedback, and soon coaching and delegation. Few clicks every day, everything you need to know about rolling out the Trinity and becoming a more effective manager. Our resume guidance never changes, really. One page focused on responsibilities and accomplishments. What you've done and how well you've done it. Those are the only two things that are really important to a hiring manager. They're looking for the things you've done and how well you've done them. That said, each year we produce a cast with an update that addresses some of the more timely issues in resumes or recruiting. You know, some of the things you might have read about in the newspapers or in magazines, uh, things that you might have heard from friends. We're all doing this now. Sometimes you get, you know, oh, colours or oh, video resumes, both of which we addressed in previous years. So this year, it's all about AI and employment testing. So what are we going to talk about, Sarah? All right, we're going to talk today about be prepared for chatbots, be prepared for AI to read your resume, and be prepared for online testing. Chatbots is one of those things that seems to be really fashionable to write about. And we know from the research we've been doing, from the things that we read, that resumes are being read by bots. There is technology out there that companies are using to read resumes and assess your skills. So what what would you change about your resume because you know that that's happening? Uh, first of all, don't use color, as I just said. Don't use various text, text sizes. You want to keep your resume as plain and simple as you can. Uh, bold, underlining, uh, bullet points will work. But you don't want to use a table, for example, to organize your resume. A lot of people do that. And it won't go into the computer system properly. When the, when the bots pass your resume, they get confused if there's too much formatting. And the other thing is a lot of people do to get around this is they use PDF. But often systems don't know how to read a PDF. They're usually focused on Microsoft Word. So use that. Don't use a PDF. So that's our kind of upfront guidance. And now we're going to talk a little bit more about these chatbots and what they're doing and then we'll just go over the guidance again so that you keep it in mind. Well, Wendy, candidates have always asked for more communication from companies. And there's a huge complaint, right? They send their resume in, and it's like it falls in a black hole somewhere, and they never hear anything again. And it's been this way since recruiting began. Companies are trying to address this by providing more communication, more communication channels on which to communicate. Right. And one way that companies are communicating more with candidates is by using chatbots. Have you met a chatbot recently? Recently? No. I don't I don't know. That's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. No, I had a discussion with one just this morning at my at my uh internet provider. I wanted to complain about my bill and the bot listened to me for a little while 
and then decided I need to speak to a person. So if you've used customer service at any big company recently, there's those chat windows and it appears that they're happening with a real person. They have real names. You get one of those things that says, Brian is typing. And it does that even though there's no one there. And the bots can answer standard questions like, what's your return policy or what's the balance on my account? But not complicated questions that, like, my apartment complex should be paying some of my bill. Why have I got a bill for all of it? Now, I had to talk to a person. So if it gets complicated like that, you're transferred to a person. But often these chat windows are bots. They're electronic. Absolutely. And recruiting chatbots specifically are being used in different parts of the recruiting process. And they can answer, again, those basic standard questions about working for that company. So, for example, the U.S. Army has an example of this on their recruitment website. You can ask Sergeant Star about physical requirements or pay, um, and he'll not only answer, he will also then open a web page with um, more detail, additional information if you're interested in searching yourself. Hey, he's really cool. I like him. Uh, other ch- other chatbots work after you've submitted your application. So you might submit your application and then this window appears with ostensibly a person asking specific questions like, do you have test pilot experience or how long have you been a manager? So those questions are when the robot reads your resume, they're looking for certain experience. If they can't see it, then they'll ask a question. And there's other questions that are things that people don't necessarily put on resumes that recruiters can add. So, for example, if you wanted someone with security clearance, as a recruiter, you would add that question so that every person who applies has to answer the question so that you rule out all the people that don't already have security clearance, if that's what you want. And so all of these questions allow the system to rule out candidates that don't meet minimum requirements. If you need someone who's got security clearance, it's either a yes or a no, right? They either have it or they don't. And so it's easy for the robot to rule people out. And the advantage for recruiters is they only see resumes of people who are qualified. As a recruiter, you put a job out and you can't imagine how many people apply that are not qualified. I mean, it's got to be like 60 to 80% of what you get is unqualified candidates. So for recruiters, this is really good. It's cutting a lot of the work down that is of low value, but takes a lot of time. Very manual. Mm -hmm. And I think lots of candidates think that this type of thing, right, the, the chatbot disadvantages them as a candidate. But in fact, it doesn't. There are a couple reasons why it doesn't. First, you're not wasting your time trying to convince someone that you've got the required experience when they have a hard line on a certain requirement, right? It's a yes or no, like you just said, do you, don't you? The hard line is right there and we all know where it is. And then second, the evidence is that when bots review resumes, the candidate pool uh, that goes through in the end to the human recruiter is more mixed, uh, mixed by age, sex, and other determinants than if a human being themselves were to do the initial review. And then, because of that, when you do get through, you're much more likely to get the job because you are indeed qualified, right? It's looking at, at a very binary, right? Black or white, do you meet the requirements? Don't you? And taking the emotion out of upfront. 
resume review. Yeah, that's a really good point, taking that emotion out. Because people can feel rejected as people when you reject their resume. One thing that we used to do as recruiters, if we got a resume, we would not immediately send a rejection. Even if we looked at the resume and we knew it was going to be a rejection, we would wait 24 hours because we wanted people to feel like we'd actually read their resume and we hadn't chosen it, chosen or made a decision in like no time at all. Whereas the robot, it's just checking. Yeah, black white. <laughs> exactly. And the other reason that companies are using these chatbots is so that there's more communication with candidates about you know, you get those things like um, if you order from Amazon, you know, you get an email when you make the order, you get an email that confirms that it's being packed, you get an email that says it's on its way, you get an email when it's going to be delivered. Well, the recruiting processes uh, that are using chatbots do the same thing. Uh, a lot of the time they send text messages, but they also send emails. And it's really good that companies are trying to communicate more with candidates. What's not so good is that all of that information relies on people. So once the resume has gone through to be reviewed by a human, a human has to do it. And a hiring manager has to decide which candidates he's going to interview. And the hiring manager has to decide which one of those people he's going to offer. And all of the things that delay those processes are still going to happen. People go on holiday, uh, sorry, people go on vacation, people get sick. There's something else going on in the company. There's a big launch and they can't do whatever, you know, all of the standard things. There's a thousand reasons why things get stuck in the recruitment process. And if they're stuck, then the bot has nothing to report to you. So again, it, it's a good thing that companies are trying to communicate more. But the fact that it's reliant on people means that it could well get stuck still. Definitely could. So overall, what does this mean for your resume? your resume will be converted so that the bots themselves can read it. So, and for that reason, excessive or complex formatting, uh, as Wendy mentioned, using tables, things like that won't convert well. So just keep it simple, keep it basic, um, bold and underlined. Don't use colors or uh, varying text sizes to distinguish different sections just use spaces, tabs, and again, don't send a PDF unless, of course, you're specifically told, please attach a PDF for whatever reason, because PDFs don't always um, convert as well as Word documents would. That's been the advice for a long time, that PDFs don't go well into recruitment systems. And I don't think it's changed because I don't think any system has got any better at reading PDFs. Okay, so next up, we have be prepared for AI to read your resume. So it's not just the bots, it's now artificial intelligence. So what does this mean for your resume? It does not mean that you should make huge number of changes because you think the AI works in a particular way. Attempting to game the system has never worked, and it's not going to work now. There have been all sorts of things over the years of ways people have tried to game the system, that's, a, that's the best phrase I can come up with, uh, ways people have tried to make their resumes come up in searches, and none of them work in the long run. So for example, when people first found out that resumes were going into a database, what they did was everybody told you, oh, you have to have a paragraph with just your skills, because that's what the database would search for particular words. So if you were skilled in Java, then you would have a paragraph and it would have Java in it. 
And what people found was they still weren't being selected because they didn't actually have any experience using it or they had once loaded it onto their computer and they didn't know anything else about it. So so the next piece of advice that came out was put that paragraph in white text. It can't be seen by a human being, but your resume will still be pulled up by the database because the database can see white text because it's all just text to the database, which is great, except that if I, as a recruiter, I'm looking for someone with Java experience and I pull up this resume that doesn't have any Java experience, it doesn't matter that the database pulled it up or not, I'm still not going to hire that person. <laughs> so No, was, now you're just frustrated that it popped up for yeah, no reason. I'm like, what, what happened to this? And I'm sneaky enough to try it. Like, if you highlight stuff, you can see the white tags. I'm sneaky enough to do that. But it, it just didn't help. You know, people think that they've got this way of gaming the system, and it doesn't help. So in the next while, there will be all sorts of clever schemes recommended and none of them take the place of genuine experience and success. You have to have done the job and done it well. That's the one thing that a hiring manager can rely on. Absolutely. Just make your resume persuasively truthful, comprehensible, and simple. Right? It's just going to give you the best chance of it being picked up by AI as well as a person. Right At the same time, don't rely on your resume being submitted to a database as your best chance of, of getting that new role. 30% of all hires are the result of referrals, according to 2017 data. And if you get the uh, show notes, you'll have the link to that as well. Now, the job board indeed produces about 25%. And then current employees, recruiter sourced, customer career websites, and LinkedIn provide the rest. No other single source provides as many hires as referrals do. So work your network, right? Start with our guidance in our cast called Asking Your Network for an Opportunity. So we'll come back to referrals later. We'll come back to the idea of not using website submitted resumes or uh, jobs that you find on job boards as the best way of getting a job. But in the meantime, we'll talk about a bit more about AI. So artificial intelligence is being engaged to read resumes, and it's more than the word search that we were able to do in the past. Computer databases for resumes for recruiters were much more like the search that you have on your computer when you're searching for a file than they are like Google. So if you search for something on Google, it uses intelligence to work out what you meant. It often knows what I mean when I completely misspell something, for example, Right? Whereas if you're looking for a file on your computer and you misspell it, it won't find it. So they're much more like the, the databases. And recruiters knew what to look for. Like they had to be able to use the database. You know, good recruiters got good at using databases. And the other thing recruiters are very good at is scanning resumes and working out whether or not somebody will be good in a particular role. There's a an art, I guess, to being able to look at a resume and say, this person moves on every three years. This company is the kind of company where people have been there 10, 15 years. Even though they have the right skills, I don't think they're going to be a fit. That was the kind of weighing up that recruiters were able to do. And now the AI is being trained to do the same thing. So for a sales organization, for example, it might be really important that people do stick around because 
they find that the most successful salespeople in that company are the people who have really deep relationships with the customers. And AI can look at how long a person has stayed at previous jobs and make a decision based on some human input somewhere else that someone is the kind of person that stays in a job or someone who moves on regularly. Neither of those are wrong. One might be better than the other for a particular role. AI is being trained to look for those kind of differences. And again, the early results of these systems seems to be that they produce a group of candidates that is more varied than when a human being reviews it themselves. And there's also an obvious potential harm. So if discrimination is built in, then it will be replicated to infinity. However, companies will always move towards a system that saves time and money, and these systems save that time and money. So while you may not like it, AI is reading your resume. So as we said, a resume that shows what you've done and how well you've done it, persuasively truthful, basis in truth, then think about persuasive, comprehensible and simple. That's the way to go. If you're trying to game the system, look up a horseman's wager. I'm pretty sure it's in the free feed. And if not, it's in the interview series, which if you're interviewing, you should have the interview series. I can't count the number of emails I've had from people saying, I got the interview series and now I got the job. Yes, that's how it's supposed to work. (laughs) Um, We're not surprised. Yeah, horseman's (laughs) wager is all about what happens if you game the system and you get the job. And it's not pretty. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm I'm smarter than they are, I can game the system, then just listen to that cast. Just give that cast 20 minutes for me and then decide whether or not you want to do that. Just remember, you still have to work there. (laughs) Exactly. You still have to work there. You still have to do the work. All right. The last one we've got here is be prepared for online testing. So what this means for your resume um, is basically people spend a long time crafting resumes and with good reasons, right? It's, it's the document that we use primarily for job searches and it's great. That said, online testing and recruiters usually using um, other social media outlets, networking events, things like that. It shows that the resume, great, yes, very valuable, but it's not the only part of campaigning for a new role. Yeah, and a great resume is essential, but think about how much time you want to devote to it, given the other routes to a new job that you have and other tests that you might come up against. Like we said, referrals is the biggest single source of hires. So do you want to spend another eight hours crafting your resume before you submit it to a database? Or do you want to spend four hours doing that and four hours tonight going to a networking event? I would suggest that you go to the networking event. So why why is online testing coming up, Sarah? Well, some reports say that up to 80% of resumes the recruiters receive are not qualified for the role. And I'd say that was true. <laughs> you've been a recruiter, so yes, I'm sure you've been there. Um, and two ways to solve this are the two ways that we've already discussed. So using chatbots and AI to weed out those unqualified candidates. The third way is to test people's skills, right? For the company, this makes sense because anyone can write anything on their resume, but if actually asked to use a skill to do a test to answer a question, they can't lie about their proficiency in that. 
Right. Well, they could still lie because they can take longer to do the test. They can Google the answer. They can have someone else take it. And most people are not willing to go to that level of effort. And if they are, they get the job. They still have to do the work. So, is you know, if, if you copied your homework from Joe and then you have to tell the teacher how to uh, do a particular math puzzle and you didn't learn how to do it, you're going to look stupid standing in front of the class. This is the same kind of thing. Absolutely. And these kinds of tests that we're talking about, um, they could be aptitude tests, right? Answering that mathematical equation, can you answer it? Um, measuring language skills. They can also be personality or behavior-based um, tests, so such as DISC, or they could be for specific skills, like a programming language or how to use Excel, formatting, things like that. Um, they could be specific knowledge tests as well, such as regulatory knowledge for a specific industry, whatever industry that job happens to be in. And even if you have a relationship with the hiring manager, even if you go in as a referral, you could still be asked to take these standard tests as part of the HR process. So being prepared for them must be part of your job change preparation. If you think of job changing, a lot of people think, I'll do my resume and I'll apply to a few jobs and I'll get a job. That's how it works. But actually, it's much more like a campaign. There's multiple channels, there's different versions of your resume, there's different things that you need to be prepared for. You know, it's different having a phone screen versus a video screen. It's different doing a personality test versus doing a regulatory knowledge test, for example. And so you need to be prepared for all sorts of things. It's not just, I'll do my resume, I'll put an extra paragraph about this job that I'm in, and then I'll apply to a few jobs and I'll be fine. That's why people get so discouraged by the recruitment process when they're trying to change jobs, because they think it should be simple, and it's not. It's much more like a full-on campaign, for want of a better word. And these tests that companies are putting people through used to be much harder. When I first went to work, I had to do a typing test, a word test, an Excel test. And I had to go to the office of the, I was actually at a temp agency, so I had to go to the office of the temp agency, and then I had to go in the back room, and they had two computers, and I had to wait for one to be free, and then I did my test, and then they waited for the results, and eventually, you know, that was two or three hours. Whereas for a company now, they provide it on the web, it's just there. They can ask as many of their candidates as they want to do as many tests as they want. It's much easier for them to do that. And we already talked about the benefit for companies of narrowing the field earlier, of being able to reject people based on their experience or their ability and only interviewing people that are really qualified. And so companies are going to use all these tests and they're going to continue to use them and they're going to use them even more. Absolutely. So while a great resume is essential, just consider how much time you should devote to it. Given the other routes to a new job that you have, there are other tests over and above just writing up that resume that you could come up against that may come into play. Yeah. Resumes will never go out of fashion. Like They won't. The resumes aren't going to go away. They will be forever used. However many articles you see that say the resume is going away, they won't ever go away. Hiring managers will forever want to know what have you done and how well you did it. And the best way to show that is a resume. It's kind of like what Mark often says about democracy is the second worst 
form of government, but all the rest are worse. <laughs> Resumes probably aren't the best way of communicating what you've done and where, how well you did it, but everything else is worse. Hiring managers are used to seeing resumes and they understand them. And other information may be used to supplement them, but the resume will always be here. So follow the guidelines that we have in other casts. The original resume cast is called Your Resume Stinks. Uh, if you want to look that up on the resume uh, on the website, uh, there's also the resume workbook. There's also the interview series. So there's a ton of extra help on the website if you're thinking about changing jobs. But if you follow our guidance on resume creation, you've done your resume, now you can go concentrate on all the other things that we've talked about, like tests and referrals and creating a network and finding opportunities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Wendy. Bye, everyone. Hope that was helpful. We'll see you next week. Yeah.